700 years before the birth of Jesus, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. So here's a prophecy from Isaiah 700 years before Christ's birth. For unto us a child is born. I know we use this scripture around Christmas time, but the reality is it's applicable all the time. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government, remember that word government, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, of the increase of the government, remember that word, and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward. Even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The interesting thing when Isaiah said this is that word government is only used two times in the whole Bible, and those are the two verses it's used in. The word government, now we use another word, translate out of the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, another word we say government, but it's leaders, rulers, whatever, but this word misra is only used two times in Scripture. And the reason it's used two times is because Isaiah wasn't referencing earthly government. He was referencing spiritual government. When the Bible referenced earthly government, it says governing authorities, governors, uh, referring to a ruler or a leader of the country or the province or the state, whatever it is. Only Isaiah uses Misra which means empire, it means rule and dominion. So when we look at the scripture, and Isaiah is saying, and the government, it means the dominion, the rule, will be on his shoulders. That this son, Jesus Christ, will carry a dominion, a rule. It's not saying our prime ministers and our governments. It's saying that he is bringing a, I'm going to say this because I'm still in a country, I think I can get away with saying this, a higher government. He's bringing a government that is perfect. He's bringing a government, he's representing the government that is all-powerful. And when he rose from this earth, when he rose from that grave, and that tomb is now empty, when he rose from that He literally received the authority of the earth. So he received the authority over the devil, the power and the authority, and Jesus brought a ruling government to rest on his shoulders that you and I are called to be a part of. When Isaiah uses this word, he knew what he was prophesying. He knew that it wasn't earth government. He knew it was a government from the Father himself. Jesus came to ransom because in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, and the writer of Hebrews all wrote about why Jesus came into the world. We always say Jesus came into the world for salvation. Absolutely, amen. 
That's actually not the full purpose of him coming. I know that sounds blasphemous, but let me be clear. If it was just for salvation, then you would be saved without a change of lifestyle. But you see, the authority of the government, the Misra, that he brought on his shoulders doesn't give you salvation. His death and resurrection gave you salvation, but that opened the door for you and I into his government. Because in his government is where you can change your identity, your understanding. In that kingdom of heaven at hand is where this government is. We try to go after the governments of the world with power and authority, but that is not Jesus' purpose. Yes, we need to change our nation, absolutely. How do you do it? Well, probably the biblical principle is be changed. You be changed and walk with his misra, his government. And you will raise up and empower people that will be elected into high places of this land. And you will see a nation change. Of course, we have to vote. And please vote wisely. I'm not always sure of who all voted wisely in these last elections, but I know I tried to vote wisely. Jesus came to ransom many. Mark chapter 10, verse 44 to 45. Verse 44, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life ransom for many. Let's look uh, at Luke chapter 5, verse 31 to 32. Jesus came to call the sinners. Luke 5, verse 31, Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Why did Jesus come into this world? To call the, the, the sinners to repentance. Jesus came to separate good and evil. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, 10, verse 34 of Matthew, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. If what I say is a little controversial in your understanding, just take it to the Word of God and read the Bible. You don't have to fight with me. Um, I just pray take it to the Word with an open heart and open mind and actually Study the scriptures. Do not think that I came, Jesus says, to bring peace on earth. So if he didn't come to bring peace and came with a sword, swords do one of two things. One, they scare the living daylights out of you if you don't have one. And the guy's coming at you. We actually had somebody... Our sister-in-law and brother-in-law, Sharon's, uh, one of her sisters, bought the land from the family beside us. And we just left to come to church. We get up to Mount Lehman, and we get a phone call. Hey, there's an intruder on our property, and he just ran through yours. Oh, you're kidding me. You know, and our, our, my brother-in-law and his son, which are big dudes, are after this guy. 
they released the Rottweiler on the guy, and then they came running after these guys. And so we turn around to go back. We're like, I'm not going to miss the excitement. <laughs> I phoned Justin and said, hey, Justin, uh, just to let you know, let somebody know, we're heading back there to see what's going on, and if we're a little bit late, just let everybody know. He's like, Dad, should I come too? I'm like, no, 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 just stay You're already at church. That's fine. So we go back, but interesting. So was it last year or the year before I had my camper, last year my camper tried to get stolen? They had come in at four in the morning, backed across our field, and one sticky jack on my camper, which I knew was needed oil, I need to pull it off and grease it. And I was going to do that because I had a trip coming up. We had a church camp out, which in, in June, everybody, we do a church camp out right here outside on the property. It's amazing. You got to come. If you don't have a camper, get a tent. If you don't have a tent, still come. It's a lot of fun. We have, we have a blast. Anyways, um, so these guys tried to steal my camper. Well, Sharon wakes up like, oh, was it five or five or six or seven or five in the morning? Brent, someone's trying to steal our camper. I get so, I, I'm half asleep still. Actually, I was probably fully asleep at that point. I get up and I'm r- grabbing my keys. and No, I'm running out the door and Sharon says, yeah, I'm putting my shoes on. Brent, get some pants on. Oh, okay. I run back, you know. By this time, Justin comes running up from, he, he had heard because he's getting ready for work. And dad, should I go get the gun? Should we be packing when we go out? I'm like, no, 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 no. Because we're hunters. We have guns, okay? <laughs> Guess I better be careful how I say that. Anyways, we end up, the guy knocks our camper off and put a bunch of damage on his truck. We went chasing after him, and we ended up catching the guy. He ran in the ditch up the road, hit a car, ran the ditch, and, and all of us jumped out. One guy's there with a baseball bat. about four other guys that jumped into the whole thing that we don't have a clue who they were because people actually don't like robbers. I mean, unless you're a robber, and then you don't like yourself. And if you're a robber, you don't like other robbers because they're robbing what you think you need to rob. It's like a real competitive thing. Like, don't be a robber. But at the same time, make sure your house is protected by the strong man. That's you with Christ Jesus. And don't let this other strong man who thinks he's strong invade. So today, this guy tries to, and he's running. Anyways, so what are the odds? Out comes Tess of the Rottweiler. Our, our Rottweiler's barking his head off. Wish I was home, would let him go too. Been a chew toy in the front yard. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys are like, he can't do that. Well, <laughs> he can't do that. The robber can't do that. So, anyways, he didn't get bit or anything like that. But, and Paul pulls in and, and, uh, and, and starts yapping at the guy, and Paul's, I don't know, what is Paul, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, 280, 270, and his son's 6'7". Big. Paul's XRCMP. Soon as he pulls his truck up to stop this guy, which is now in front of our house, the police car pulls up. No one called the police. And they see this Paul guy, you know, detaining this other guy. And the cop says, what's going on? He says, listen, I'm XRCMP. I'm telling you the truth. This guy's a liar. He was robbing our place. By the time we got home, 
there's what, two cop cars there, and one of the cops was a really nice guy, actually a Christian guy. We talked to him because he came to help us get through the camper theft. How God works. Why do I say this? Because the world, I'm talking sin of the world, seeks destruction. It's why Christ came as a sword. He came to separate destruction and give opportunity for building life on this earth. I just wonder if when uh, Tessa, the Rottweiler, was running after that guy, if he saw angels surrounding our property, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, if we stand with the government, the Misra, that Christ has on his shoulders, you will walk with a power and an authority. The physical doesn't matter. What matters is who are we and how do we walk in that power, in that authority. Jesus is peace, but he never came to bring peace to sin. He came to give you and I a choice to believe on him and you shall be saved. To believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He gave us a choice. So you and I could have relationship back with his Father. So you and I would have the opportunity of adoption. Adoption as a son, as a daughter of the king. We must realize that peace is never accepting sin. We're in a very controversial set of laws and rules that are being poured out upon us or shoved down our mouths. Many of them are anti-biblical, anti-Christ principles. We must realize that the peace of Christ Jesus in our lives was never to accept sin. I cannot have conversations with my leadership on how can we start accepting sin into our leadership. Are you kidding me? How does that work? I, I just... I will not go down that path ever. And if that means at some point in time our laws have changed in such a way that we got to go meet secretly underground somewhere, then so be it. But I am not in my lifetime, in my life, going to go off of this word. I will not accept sin. Now, I love a sinner, but love isn't the acceptance of sin. And then you go, to, well, what do you mean? God, God loves us. Yeah, he didn't accept the sin. That's why there was an old covenant. Well, God loves us. That's why he sent his son. That's exactly why he sent his son, because he doesn't accept your sin. He had to send a savior to forgive you from the sins. It's Christianity 101. It, it's a primary of Scripture. If you study the Hebrew and the Greek or, or a theologian in the Word, there's primaries and secondaries of Scripture. I'm talking about the, a primary of Scripture. That means an unchangeable and a 
a non-theological perspective, it's actually truth. Truth isn't a theology, truth is reality. Theology is man's interpretation to understand truth. So what I'm talking about here, God created male and female. Before conception, during conception, after birth, until death on this earth. That's who he created. Now, you can do whatever you want. You can change whatever you want. But he created male and female. Ooh. <laughs> That's what my Bible tells me. Peace of Christ Jesus in us is never accepting world political correctness. It is contrary to the Bible. Any lifestyle contrary to the Bible is actually sin. It is. It's a sinful lifestyle. So when we say someone is living in sin, we still love them, but we hate the sin. I don't condemn someone because I actually don't have the authority of condemnation. You can condemn someone, but you don't have the authority of the Mizra, the government of the kingdom of heaven. If you condemn somebody, you're using a worldly perspective, a sinful perspective, because they're all condemned, and they'd love to bring you into condemnation with them. But the kingdom of heaven, the only one that can truly judge the fullness of an individual is Christ, God himself. The Bible's very clear that God created man and woman, two biological sexes. Many people use verses to justify tolerance and acceptance of sin. Again, please hear my heart. I love people. I love every sinner out there. Matter of fact, that's what this whole ministry started from. We sold our businesses, sold everything, packed up our kids onto a sailboat back in 1996, and we sailed out of Vancouver to go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everywhere we went, we preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love people. I love sinners. But I hate sin. But so many sinners aren't fully aware of the sin because they don't have truth being spoken to them and encouraged in their lives. 1 Peter 4 Verses 8 to 11, 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 8. This is serving for God's glory. So here, Peter is talking to other believers. And above all things, and I'm using this scripture because it gets so torn out of context. Everyone on social media thinks they're theologians, it seems like. It's mind-boggling how many opinions are out there. It was so, wasn't it easier when we didn't have social media? Amen. Man. One person puts something up that is truth of the word, but it's controversy to the narrative. Thank you. And Christians jump in and say, how could you say this? Um, it's truth. <laughs> Probably get cut off social media, but. Serving for God's glory, verse 8. And above all these things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. You notice it doesn't say love forgives a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Remember, 
God himself loves you. That's why he sent his son Christ. So you, he could die and rise again so we could live in forgiveness of sin. Be, verse 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belong the glory and the dominion, the misra, the dominion, the government, the kingdom, forever and ever. Amen. But verse 8 can get torn and manipulated in so many ways. I've heard it over and over again. They manipulate the word to meet a narrative that they're trying to produce. I'm not here to produce a narrative. I am here to speak the word. If the word doesn't line up with your narrative, go to the word of God. Because it is the answer and the truth will set you free. James chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. James 5, 19 to 20 called Bring Back the Erring One. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So what's going on here is we have to actually have great wisdom in life today. We have to walk with wisdom of God, of the Lord Christ in us, because our goal is not to separate ourselves from the sinner. Our goal is to have such a testimony to bring to the sinner, to bring truth that sets them free. I have talked with many, 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 many people in many, many that were in many, many different kinds of sin, received Christ. And I hear their testimonies. I hear their testimonies. Truth. Finally, truth that set me free. And some people, Kevin was sharing this with me, and I probably butchered a bit, but someone had a testimony of, uh, of, you know, they came out of a lifestyle that was not conducive to male and female of origin of birth. And they got saved completely changed. But one of the pastors says, well, why don't you go to that church? Because they accept that. And I'm like, we love sinners, but we're here to speak truth. We're going to, because we want people to be free. Doesn't matter what sin. Doesn't matter what sin. It could be porn. It could be uh, 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 you're single and you're sleeping with somebody. It could be whatever it is. We're here to Bring truth, because the truth of the Word of God will set you free. Jesus came to save us from condemnation, and this is the amazing thing. John chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn. That means to judge. He didn't come to judge you. He didn't actually come to condemn you, the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You see, it's not living a lifestyle of condemnation to a sinner, it's living a lifestyle that they may be saved. 
You see, it's, it's not us in agreement with a sinner saying it's love or it's how God is. It's actually a testimony of Christ Jesus in us that is so powerful, people begin to ask you, why are you different? Why are you different? I, uh, we pulled in to uh, get our coffee this morning and over the speaker ordering, says, oh, hi, Brent. I'm thinking... Like, I don't usually hear a man's voice when I order from this place. And, uh, um, oh, hi, Brent. And so we put our order in, and we drive up the window. And I said to Sharon, I said, he does look a little bit familiar. Like, I might have seen him somewhere. I wonder if it's something somewhere else. And so after he gave us a drink, I said, by the way, how did you know my name? Oh, yeah, I've seen you once or twice in here. Like, dude, you either have a really good memory that I would love to be blessed with. But as we drove away, I said to Sharon, and this might sound boastful, but listen to my heart. I said to Sharon, maybe we look different. Maybe he's seeing something that he doesn't see in everybody else. We're supposed to look different. This morning, you were like a group of radicals in worship. It was like you were turning the world upside down. Oh, that's right. That's what we're supposed to do. We don't accept the world. We actually turn it upside down. Verse 18. He who believes in Jesus, in him, is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We need to get out there. We need to take what you got in here and take it out there. Because if we don't take it out there, you're just coming to a glory club. We're not a golf and country club. I don't ever want you all to be so comfortable that we never push some buttons on you. I actually pray that our messages inspire you. When we, Sharon and I, come to, to church every single Sunday, we're praying. We pray for everybody. We pray for all of you. We pray for the band. We pray for the, the, the helpers, the staff. We pray for everybody. And then I pray, and Lord, as I minister today, as I preach, let them hear the message they need to hear. Not from my words, but from your word, O oh God. And it's interesting because afterwards I get people come up and say, man, when you said da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and I'm thinking, I didn't say that. Hey, that's not even how I talk. <laughs> go back and listen. It doesn't say that. I just go, oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, okay. I'm uh, trying to be humble, but it didn't come from me. John, three, uh, John 9, verse 39. John 9, 39. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Those who do not see may see. But the religious ones that think they got it all together, that the ones that couldn't even see who Jesus Christ was, that we can get so wrapped up in our, our own understanding. Every one of you have a theology, and every one of you in this place has a slightly different theology. It means 
Theosohaliha, man's interpretation of the word. That's what the word theology means. I guarantee you that a lot of your theologies and my theologies are subject to past experiences and ideas. That's why we come together to hear the word. That's why we have a school, Supernatural Training Center. We have a school so we can actually bounce off theologies. When I teach in the school, I hope I offend a few people. Not, not, not the person themselves, but their understanding. Maybe even their understanding of themselves. Because if you think you can't, I want to be an offense to you. Because God says you can. Well, you know, I, I don't evangelize. Like, I, I just, I, you know, I just pray quietly. Well, nowhere in Scripture does it tell you to do that. Nowhere in Scripture does it say don't evangelize. Just pray quietly in your home. Yes, pray quietly. So you get up the power and the strength to go evangelize. I mean, don't grab the biggest Bible out there and start hitting the people at Starbucks over the head. It doesn't work. I tried it years ago. They wanted to sue me. No, I didn't try it. <laughs> Be with Christ in you, the Misra, the government of the kingdom. So when you walk on this earth, your feet are every time you take a step, you're stomping the head of that little devil under your feet. Expect to be recognized. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be recognized. That's false pride. Oh, I, I just want the presence of God, but I, I don't want to be recognized. I don't, I don't want to. Your disciples being trained and equipped to be recognized. I'm not talking pride. If you got pride, get it out. But Jesus, he didn't say nothing about who he was. But he was recognized. I'm sure he was on every social media, every fake news site, calling him a devil worshiper, a Beelzebub, you know, all of these things. But he was recognized. I pray that this is an army of God that is recognized. I don't give two hoots if your names or my name is ever up in lights. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about recognized by that devil recognized by that demonic realm, recognized by the world, that you are an offense to their, what was it? Their narrative. Boy, stepping on some toes this morning. Doesn't mean you go be offensive. And, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Jesus just did this. The only one he called a hypocrite were the religious leaders. And that word hypocrite means actor. He says, you guys are the leaders of the synagogue. He didn't say it like this, is my interpretation. You guys are the leaders of the synagogue. If there's any people on this earth who know the Torah, the word of God, everything, any people who know 
You should be the ones who know first. But you're an actor. You go to a Sunday morning, and you leave, and you do nothing. You're a hypocrite, an actor. That's what the word means. You're, you're, you're acting out a life that you're not really. Well, you know what? I pray that in this family, we turn from actors, sinners, to saints, to people that are willing to walk with the Word of God with a power and authority in Jesus' name, that are not going to submit to false narratives, but are going to stand their ground. But we're going to love those sinners till their sin dies and they come to life with the truth that sets us free. Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 to 8, because Jesus came to heal the sick. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you leave these doors, you should yell out outside those doors, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The government upon his shoulders is touchable. It's right here. It's touchable. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then when you walk out those doors, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out the demons. For freely you have received, freely give. We receive in this house to give it away. If you don't give it away, you're selfish. And we're not called to be selfish, we're called to be givers. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's why we don't go and evangelize with a bad attitude. And please, if your coffee people, your store in the morning messes it up, don't be angry and blame it that I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm like, you should be happy before coffee. If not, you got a dependence on something that's wrong. Happiness is a choice. The choice of joy brings you into happiness. That's why the joy of the Lord is our weakness. No, it's our strength. Because before your morning coffee, choose joy. So then when you come in, maybe that's why the guy recognized us. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> Super excited for my coffee, but you know what? I don't need coffee. Well, I like coffee, but I don't need it because the joy is not from a cup of coffee. Because if you find joy in the cup of coffee, you'll find joy in the fast food, you'll find joy in the movies, you'll find joy in the things where there is no joy. Coffee's a coffee bean, I'm sorry. They're probably really angry because they got burnt and roasted. Scalded with water. I pick coffee. We have a coffee farm. Uh, Egbalod has a coffee farm over in Hawaii. I pick coffee. I was over there. I actually helped Levi's dad uh, go through coffee, uh, picking out all the bad ones, all the bad beans, putting it into the buckets, and then going over to this processor machine thing, turning the water on, pouring the beans in, and that thing's spinning like thousands of RPM, and it's flinging out the bad stuff. It's putting in the, keeping the good. It's, it's actually de-skinning the coffee bean. And then he takes it out and 
puts it on this floor in this uh, uh, big uh, greenhouse. It's like, it's in Hawaii, so it's like roasting hot in there, and it all dries out. Bless the Lord. <laughs> then we take that poor coffee bean, he's stripped naked. We should, you know what, God, instead of saying sheep, should have said coffee beans. Your, your coffee beans, you need to be stripped naked once in a while. Sheep need to be sheared, get it? If sheep aren't sheared, they're unhappy. You watch a sheep that's not sheared, he is unhappy. Even she's unhappy. They're both unhappy. They're not happy. They're stinky. Anyone ever been around a sheep? I've been around sheep. Herds of sheep. Whoo! Fuerte. Powerful. And they're all angry. They don't want to be sheared. But I'll tell you, once you shear them, you let them go, they're like half body weight and jumping and dancing. It's like all of a sudden they got newfound energy because they're not carrying around all the stinky increment poop in their fur or their wool or whatever it is. Let's, let's get the shears out. Oh, but I want a comfortable church. Go down the road. Got to be some around somewhere. Please hear my heart. Let's come to church to celebrate his presence, his glory, his love for us, what he sent his son into this world to die and rise again for us, to celebrate this family, a growing family. It's amazing. God is good. And with God in you, you're good. Yeah, you'll be controversial to the narrative. Thank you, Lord. Because if the church runs with the world's narrative, we could be just hypocrites, actors. And you know what? I don't get paid enough for that here. If I'm going to be an actor, I want to go to Hollywood, see how I make a little more money. That's just not how I want to spend life. Honestly, I'd go back to business. I made a lot more. And as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <laughs> if you don't know what to say, say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right in the middle of the star. I should probably go to Tim Hortons because I think they're more demonized over there. Uh-oh. There went one of our leaders. It's okay. We'll save him later and get him into a Starbucks. Heal the sick. Heal the sick. How do you proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Heal the sick. You don't have to sit in the store and yell, the kingdom of heaven is at hand and do nothing because you're a lunatic. How you declare it is by carrying the misra. 
the government structure that Christ came to bring to the ones who choose him and follow him. He came to bring his government. Wow. It, it's why I haven't run and left Canada. Because if I was fully dependent on this local governments or a Canadian government, I'm out of here. But where do I go? South of the border ain't much better right now. Or Mexico. Or China. Or Russia. I'm here to be part of the government. I gave my life to Christ Jesus. Didn't fully understand. Every Billy Graham crusade I went to, I got saved. It was amazing. <laughs> I used to sit on Papa Billy's lap as a little kid. My, my family were in relationship with the Grahams, and Franklin was a little older, but we'd play together. But even still, I'd see Papa Billy up there preaching in a big stadium, and I'd run forward and get saved. He just preached the gospel. He was so filled with the Holy Spirit. In a lot of the groups, he was cautious on what that looked like because his purpose was to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. I get so impressed at watching the sons, Franklin, run with vision. Even up in Merritt, little did I know, the floods we had there a year or two years ago, Samaritan's Purse was one of the first organizations in. They went in and they ripped all the lower drywall off the floods and got the insulation out so it wouldn't mold. That's the gospel right there. That's preaching the gospel. Because it talked to the unsaved people as well. A lot. That's how I heard. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Well, how do you heal the sick if you don't ever hang around sick people? How do you cleanse the lepers if you're scared of diseases and viruses? How did I, years ago in a Mother Teresa home in Africa, go into an AIDS orphanage, children dying of AIDS? It wasn't their fault. Mom and dad are already dead. The nurses, don't touch them. They're very infectious. But I couldn't help myself. To hold that little girl in my bare, I had a short sleeve shirt on and my bare arms, oozing, pus, stinky. But to have that one eye open and look into my eyes, I'd do it a thousand times again.
she died the next day. What if I was the last person, and I was, that held her? I tell you what, we get so wrapped up about our morning coffees <laughs> or what car we drive or what's our house look like? How much money are we making? How many shoes do we have? Why'd the girls laugh when I said shoes? I used to have one pair of shoes I wore all the time until I went shopping with my youngest daughter, Jessica. I might have as many as my wife now. She got me into skinny jeans. I said, as long as I don't look like an old man trying to be young, I'm fine. Or a fat man trying to be skinny. What did I do today? I had my shirt down. What did I do? I go back. I interrupt her in the middle of worship prayer in the back. Jess. She thought, she was running right past me. She thought for sure it was Dawson, her son, our grandson. I said, no, no, no. It's kind of embarrassing, but I just want to know, should I have my sleeves rolled up? Or should I have them down? So I did this. She says, up. I said, okay, thank you, babe. Go back to prayer. (laughs) I haven't changed my watch face. Just because my sleeves don't cover it anymore. I thought, right in worship. Looks better. You're thinking, he's vain. Oh, I'm just asking. Because I want to be presentable. So I can present the word. You'd probably be wonder or question me if I came a complete slob. Like I hadn't had my morning coffee yet. It's not our destiny. You're all beautiful. You're already gorgeous. Well, some, no, I mean, you're all gorgeous. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You have a purpose and a destiny. And the liar, the deceiver, the enemy tries to take you out of it by trying to get you so wrapped up in the things of this world. You can have a nice car. You can have a nice house. You can have nice shoes. These boots, remember the name of them. We were down in Ohio, and it's a really high-end boot. You wouldn't know unless I told you. I'm telling you. I don't know why. This company has made shoes for every president. Oh. So it made me a pair now. <laughs> uh, they were 50% off. That's why I bought them. <laughs> and they were the most comfortable boot I'd ever put on. And I still wear them. It's okay to be dressed up. Matter of fact, you should be. God didn't create slobs. He didn't create ugly people. So you're not ugly. You're beautiful. You actually don't need a bunch of surgeries to make you that. 
because the surgeon already created you. And he made you perfect in his eyes. I spontaneously opened up the scriptures. So I put a bookmark in there when I was in worship. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. And floods on the dry ground. You're thirsty? The rain is pouring on you right now. The Spirit of the Lord. You feel dry ground? Floods are flooding your ground right now. I will pour my Spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. Yes, Lord. We are here to bring blessings to our children, to our offspring. And I flip the page over. Thus says the Lord to his anointed ones, the ones who come thirsty, the ones who the Holy Spirit has poured all over you, if that's you, this is what he says to you. To subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings. To open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you, says the Lord, and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze that have come against you and cut the bars of iron that have held you captive. I will give you the treasures of darkness. I will give you the plundering of Egypt. I'm adding here, just so you know. And hidden rich riches of the secret places. That's your destiny. That's my destiny. To have the, the gates of hell shattered, destroyed. To destroy every door that comes to us from this world. And as later on in Psalms, it actually says, you are the door the everlasting door you are the open door of the government that rests on Christ's shoulders you and I are the recipients of the Misra the government of his kingdom you and I we obey the laws of the land, but you and I are not controlled by this government. We are controlled by his government. It doesn't mean you have the right to disobey the laws of the land. No, you don't. But whatever we do, don't let the bad laws affect you in such a way it takes you out of this government. Because this government... 
That's your destiny. That's my destiny. To walk on this earth. Happy. Joyous. With power. And authority. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For God so loved the world that he became his only son. And he died on that cross, but he rose again. So you and I could yell out the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. And cast out the devils. I pray, Father God, today, as I pray every day of my life, that I will turn this world upside down. That I will not be an actor of a position to build my own kingdom. But instead, I will be a son that carries your Misra through a resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in my life, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that I will carry, that we all will carry your government. Upon us, in us, that we will be so overflowing with your love, your joy, your happiness. And we will not be scared of the sinners. And we will bring the testimony of truth, of life, of love, true love, that set us free and is here to set them free too. I pray, Lord God, for your righteousness, to be established in us on this earth. I pray for our great nations, Canada, America, Mexico, any of the nations that are represented in this house, Russia. I pray, Father, that we will become world changers. No matter what age we are, you're never too old to be a world changer. And you're never too young to be a world changer. I pray, Father, that we, we have revival in us. That means death to life. Death to life. I thank you for each one in this house, in this family, watching online. Blessings upon each one. 
but I hear the bells of heaven ringing. And I hear the voices proclaiming, Go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go! 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 When you walk out those doors, take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. When you see someone sick, someone in pain, someone distraught, heal them in Jesus' name. Heal them. If you see someone at the end of the rope, living like they're dead already, raise them from the dead. When you see someone outcast by people, by status quo, treated like lepers, go heal them, cleanse them, hug them, embrace them, and bring them the good news. Jesus Christ. And cast out any devils, any lies in your own life. And bring truth to everyone out those doors. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And in it, we rejoice. We rejoice. Let's all say, we rejoice. rejoice. And we're happy, happy. in it. Without coffee. Oh, a little weaker there. A little weaker. Let's all stand. Look at someone to your left. Say, I don't know what God did, but something was powerful. You're actually really good looking now. No, you were looking before. Let me just see you all smile. Let's see those teeth. Oh, I know, you're embarrassed of the teeth, right? Don't be embarrassed of the teeth. Isn't God amazing? You are an amazing family. If you don't feel a part of this family, then you let us know. If you're not feeling connected enough, you let us know. We have life groups. We have all sorts of ways. Young adult groups. We have youth groups. We have a, a men's group meeting on, was it the 18th, is it? Of February 18th here, downstairs. Nine o'clock in the morning, I know it's a Saturday. Get up on a Saturday. Men, we're going to get together, we're going to talk, we're going to strategize. 
How many know that men should also hang together? We're one of the few religions where men don't connect and hang and give testimony to the young ones. So we're going to change that. We have a women's group meeting as well. We're just starting up as well too, a, a young mother's meeting as well. So you'll hear more about that here soon. It's exciting. It's exciting. If you're not excited, you're the problem. It's not around you, it's you. Because this is truly exciting. This, this actually teaches you, tells you, and commands you to be so far out of your comfort zone. It's exciting. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so for me it's exciting. Whew, I get excited. Let's all pray. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. How about that? And at the end of it, we'll have a prayer team up front if you want personal prayer. Let's say this together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And everybody said, amen, amen. Give someone a hug. Give them a holy kiss on the cheek. And be blessed and have an amazing week. Prayer team is up front.